God. Amen. My God. My God, my God, my God. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Great I am. Shepherd of the sheep. Friend to the friendless. Joy of the whole world. Lily in the valley. Bright and morning star. Wheel in the middle of the wheel. King of kings. Lawyer in a courtroom. Doctor in a sick room. He's still my God. My God and he's your God. And the scripture says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together again in here. Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have you guys do it just one more time and just a little loud, louder. Just put your hands together. Make some noise. I had you do that again just to make the live stream folk jealous that you should be here. If you could be here, you should be here because something is happening up in here. We thank you for tuning in, but there's something happening up in here. Amen. Because we draw strength from each other. When my Holy Ghost gets activated and your Holy Ghost gets activated and, and, and we come together, it's just something that happens. So I'm just grateful to see your faces even on this uh, snowy morning. I rebuke this snow. I ain't ready for it yet. Lord, no. I'm not. As long as I lived in Indiana, I still, I, I want it to be 65 forever. I hope y'all get a bunch of it in. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for just an opp another opportunity to share the word of God, just another opportunity to worship God in a sanctuary. There are many people who don't get this opportunity, God. Thank you that we do still have the opportunity, not just online, but in the building to be able to worship. Now, God, I'm praying that you would hide me beneath the cross, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, God. Illuminate the hearts of the listeners as well as the ears of the listeners. God, let no one's coming be in vain. God, let the word just be piercing and drop right in our lap and give us what we need. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and let everybody say amen. amen. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Repeating after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Pastor Andre, feed me this word. I'm going to put your hands together this morning. Today's sermon is simply this, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Say that again. Say, I didn't, I didn't expect it. Of expectation 
is quite important when it relates to the things of God, when it relates to our prayer, our believing. Sister Ruth talked to us about, I still believe and expecting is quite important. The, the Clark sister said, I expect a miracle every day. But I, I, I want to come from the framework of I, I didn't expect it. Have you ever had something happen to you that you didn't expect? In order to do that, there, there are three words that I think that I want to lift out that will help me as I try to walk this message that God has helped me to craft. These three words, and they're going to they're gonna bring it up. Expect is number one, which you would expect to be in a sermon about expect. But here's two other ones that you may not expect. Experience and then earnestly. I'm going to do it again and one more time. Number one, expect. Number two, experience. Number three, earnestly. One final time, expect, experience, earnestly. Let, let me give you a definition of expect, and it, it'll take me a minute to kind of show you where I'm, I'm going, and then we'll, then we'll get into the word. Expect, one, to regard something as likely to happen. In other words, I expect it. I anticipate it. I'm looking for it. Number two, to believe that someone or something will arrive soon, I expect. Let me pause real quick and let me talk about my wife. When my wife texts me and says I'm around the corner, I got 10 more minutes. Because her around the corner is not really around the corner. But she wants you to come out the door when she get there, so she's trying to get you early, get you moving. But I've learned what her terminology means, so it shifts my expectation. And so here's something that I want to point out to us that we don't often talk about in church. We often talk about expecting and expectation, but we've fail to mention something called experience. Let, let, let me put this, this picture up that I think we've heard a lot, and it's very true. It says expectation is the breeding ground for seeing, believing, and receiving. So your level of expectation determines so much of what you receive. But what the church has failed to talk about is that expecting and experience are coupled together. Your experience can cripple your expectation. Let, let, let me give you an example. Let, let's say you, you meet a nice man, young, young lady. You meet a nice man, and the man tells you, um, get Put on something nice. I'm going to pick you up. And at 7 o'clock, I'm going to take you somewhere nice. Dress, dress up nice. It's all on me. Your expectation is going to go up. You, 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 you're going to anticipate. Even if you don't like him, a free meal is a free meal. You know what I'm saying? Just, just somebody take you somewhere sometime. But if you do that and then he drives you to Fazoli's, Nothing wrong with Fazoli's, but you realize that his idea nice ain't my idea nice. 
So the next time he says, I want to take you somewhere, now because of your experience, your expectation is lower. You, you, you can say, we need to expect miracles. And I, there's nothing wrong with expecting. But the problem is many times our experience sometimes shift our expectation. So, so, so let me be honest because this is how I've been moving forward in preaching. Based on the fact that God didn't answer my prayer in the way I wanted to as relating to my father, it shifts my expectation, even though I don't mean it to. So when someone not too long ago was asking me to pray about a loved one that was sick, and I went to pray, and I didn't really have a whole lot of faith to pray, not because I'm not a man of faith, but my recent experience affected my expectation. And it's okay to be honest that... I want to expect, but my last experience got me in a place where it's hard to expect. So, so let, let's put up the word experience. Let's, let's put that word up. One, an event or occurrence that leaves an impression on someone. You can go through an experience that touch you so deeply in your soul, it just leaves an impression on you. And I want to expect, but doggone it, I got all these experiences. Number two, practical contact with an observation of facts or events. The fact of the matter is, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah I, I expect when I put money in the bucket, that God going to turn it around because you told me God going to turn it around. But when I walk out the door, I still got them same bills. So I, I, I tried to raise my level of expectation, but my experience sometimes cripples my expectation. Can, can we be honest? If that just happens. That, that's just life and it's normal. And, as, and many times as I've heard and even taught on faith and hope and expectation, many times even I've left out the fact people's experience have a lot to do with it, especially if the experience is recent in their mind. You take a person who is walking through divorce and you tell them that, that there's more than one fish in the sea. They don't really want to hear that because this fish, I lost this thing right here. I, I, the, the person I walked down the aisle with, I, this is ending. I know you're talking about the future, but can I feel what I feel right now? And I, I, I want to give y'all freedom not to stay in places, but it's okay to be honest and feel what you feel. Because your experience is real. What would I know about, and this is a quote from the Winers, what would I know about being restored if I never lost my place. And what would I know about his mercy if I never got out of grace? If, if I never had a negative experience, then what would I know? How would I know that God is what you say he is if you don't allow me to have some experiences? And right now this church is going through an experience. And it has a way of affecting our expectation. But we still believe. So, but, but th there's a word that I added. I want to add this word here. Here's the word earnestly. 
and then I'll be able to tie it together and we'll be able, able to run. Earnestly, with sincere and intense conviction, seriously. I, I, I shared with you a while back that, that while I was looking through uh, my computer, came across Apostle Sunday, the very last Sunday he preached here, and I was on my computer, and it just stopped me in our tracks, and I started listening. One of the final things he said, he said, it's time to get serious about God. He said, it's time to seek God. He always said that. Always. He always said that. But he told us specifically, it's time to get serious about God. Here's the point that I'm making. Yes, you need expectation. And oftentimes, your experience will affect your expectation. But you can't allow your experience to affect your earnesty. I'm still serious about God. I still have deep convictions that God is a good God. I, I, I may, my experience may be rough, but there's something about this God that I serve. And one thing I can't do and one thing I won't do, I won't back up and let go of this because I have a deep, sincere intense conviction that wasn't birthed overnight and Satan you can't wrestle this belief from me I, I still earnestly yearn for God I, I still earnestly want his presence I, I still earnestly praise him even when I'm crying even when I'm hurting I still seriously give God glory because at the end of the day God is all I got and when God is all you got, sometimes you find out God is all you need. But you have to double down. You got to buckle down because here's, there's two types of Christians in this world. There's ones when trouble hit, they run to God. And there's others when trouble hit, they run away from God. I made up in my mind that when trouble hits, I'm running to God. And sometimes I'm like Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, you are the one that calls me to see affliction. God, my issue is with you, but I still would rather run to you than run away from you. Because last time I checked, you still put breath in my body. Last time I remember, you still kept the car on the road supernaturally. You, you still good and you still God and, and you still deserve a earnest praise and a worship. And God, even when I don't understand based on my experience, God, you still got me. Because God, I still got you. Paul said that I may apprehend the thing that apprehended me. In other words, I'm chasing to grab the thing that grabbed a hold of me. If God didn't grab a hold of me, I would have quit a long time ago. But God, since you got me, I'm trying to get you. I, I'm trying to hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. I'm trying to build my hopes on things eternal. And when, Pastor Andre... When are you going to function the way you preach? What do you mean? You, you always talk about folk going to heaven, but when somebody go to heaven, you don't want them to go. At some point, either we believe this thing or we don't. It doesn't change our experience. 
You still got to go through. But one thing, we can't lose our earnesty. We can't lose our devotion. We can't lose what we believe. We got to tell devil, li- li- listen, this, this is hard, devil, but I'm not going to back up. I'm still in this thing. One uh, song that we used to sing when I was playing basketball, the children said, you got to want it to win it. And we want it bad. You got to want it to win it. And we want it bad. Here's the thing. I need to let you know, you got to want this. Because this ain't easy. Not just what we're currently going through. But many of you, all your life, you've been through hell. You ain't never had really a good break yet. But somehow, you're still in it. Because you got to want this thing to win it. But here's the thing. I want it bad. Job said, God, I want you more than my necessary food. I I need you like I need water. I need you like I need air. I need you like I need food. And this was Job who was in the worst trial imaginable. And he said, God, I still want you. Now, if you read Job, Job was upset with God. Job talked a little rough to God, but I look, listen, Job was going through some stuff. I, I ain't here to talk bad about Job, but at the end of the day, Job said, yet in my flesh, I'm going to see God. Job said, I'm going to hold till my change comes. In other words, I'm hurting because of my experience, and my experience has affected my expectation. But devil, you can't have my earnesty because I'm still in this thing. I still believe this thing. I still want this thing. I, I, I don't want to miss heaven because I'm going through a rough experience. God, I want to come back to you. Even when I'm struggling, even when I'm sinning, I'm coming back. I'm saying I'm sorry because I earnestly want what I believe. All right, let's, let's put this up and then this is how we're going to roll into the scripture. Put this uh, phrase up that I, that I have. I didn't expect it because of my past experiences. But I held on earnestly and refused to give up. Then I ended up experiencing what I didn't even expect. I'm here to tell you, Deliverance Temple, that yes, it's true that much of what you receive is based on your expectation. But I'm here to let you know that even above your expectation, God can do some stuff for you that you didn't even expect. Would you put the camera on me for a a second so I can tell the people out there uh, in TV and online land, you're going to get some stuff you didn't anticipate. In other words, some some stuff that blew your mind, some stuff that you you can't say I had the faith for this. This was beyond my wildest dreams. Have you ever heard somebody say, God went beyond my wildest dreams? I'm here to let you know that there are some exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can ask or think that's going to show up in your life and it won't be based on your faith. Because your experience may have weakened your faith. But if you hold on earnestly, you're going to get some stuff you didn't even expect. Somebody say, I didn't expect it. 
I want that to be some of our refrain moving forward in the next days and months and even uh, weeks and years. Ooh, I didn't expect this. Ah, a thousand dollars, I didn't expect this. Ooh, a new boyfriend, I didn't expect this. A new job, I, I didn't expect this. A church full, I didn't expect this. I, I'm looking for God to do some stuff and you have to say, my God, I didn't even expect this. You can't say this was my faith. God did it because he did it. Let me give you some scriptures so you don't think I'm just making stuff up. Let's go to Acts 12 and 1. And give, 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 give you something that will help you understand the, the church was going through. The early church went through something quite tragic. Acts 12 and 1. It says this. It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. Jesus has already risen from the dead. He's already given the commission to the uh, the apostles, they have gone out. They've been in the upper room. They, they've seen the move of God. Peter and John have gone to the gate and they've raised a man who was lame and the power of God was moving. And then all of a sudden, here comes expectation. Excuse me. Here comes persecution outside of expectation. In other words, persecution that they didn't expect because things were moving smooth. Here's the truth of the matter. We would all be supernatural, awesome Christians if it wasn't for that ugly devil. That devil just gets in the way sometimes. But he's doing his job. So persecution shows up. Let's, let's look at verse 2. Here's something tragic that happened to the early church. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. He had his head cut off. So remember there was an inner circle. There was... Peter, James, and John were Jesus' inner circle. And so Peter and John had went and healed someone at the gate. But James got arrested. And I'm sure that the church prayed that James would return. But instead, James' head got cut off. That ain't what they was expecting. Now, this is a time in a season of miracles. Powerful things are happening. But somehow, this thing slipped through the cracks. Let's look at verse 3. This is Herod. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. Let, let, let's put this in context with the early church. They've already seen Jesus die a gruesome death. And they had lost hope. And then three days later, they see He's raised. They have hope again. The church begins to move. 3,000 souls are added. They're excited. Miracles are happening. Then in the middle of that, James' head gets cut off. But James don't come back from the death. So think about the confusion that they're having. Like, God, are you with us or not? I, I, I'm not sure. And then on top of that, they arrest Peter. And the goal was to do the same thing to Peter that they had done to James. Now, what do you think the church is going through? Because, yes, they've seen a lot of good stuff, but there's a whole lot of bad stuff going on. Not only that, some of them were getting beat and whipped just because they named the name of Jesus. So sometimes when you're serving God, you have good and bad. And sometimes you don't know if the good's going to outweigh the bad, the bad's going to outweigh the good. Sometimes you are just in a place where you really can't expect because you don't know how things going to turn out. Let's look at verse 4. 
after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each, 16 soldiers for one man. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. The Passover was a a time of celebration, but the early church couldn't celebrate because they've already lost one major leader. And here's another leader arrested, and he's guarded by 16 soldiers. And they understand, soon as the Passover celebration is over, Peter probably going to get his head cut off too. So what does the church do with such bad news and danger? Let's look at verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Now, they had just lost James, but they kept on praying. Evidently, it doesn't tell us, but don't you think they prayed for James too? They probably prayed for James too, but they didn't get what they wanted to get. That their expectation might be diminished because of their previous experience. But they earnestly prayed anyway. Let me put put this up to help you. No matter what you've experienced, pray anyway. And earnestly pray. Now, now, Now this seems counterintuitive oftentimes to your experience. But let's look at this church. Yes, they did not get James back. No, he was lost, and here Peter is close to death as well, guarded by 16 soldiers. It looks bad, it looks bleak, it looks dark, but they prayed anyway. And not no little patty-pat prayer, they earnestly prayed. And I don't know what you're facing outside of what we're facing as a whole, as a church, but you're facing other things and it may be difficult and your expectation may be low. Your faith may be weak, but I implore you to pray anyway and pray earnestly. I I want you to wake up praying, go to bed praying, on your lunch break praying, driving in your car praying. Pray Anyway, it hurts, but pray anyway. Because that's all you have is your earnesty. All you have is your conviction. And there's one thing nobody can take your conviction, but you pray anyway. Let me add to this. Praise anyway. Praise anyhow. Give anyway. Give anyhow. Serve anyway. Serve anyhow. I know your experience has weakened your expectation, but earnestly go for it anyhow. Do it scared. Do it in fear. Do it worried. Do it crying. Do it hurting. But whatever you do, do it earnestly. Don't be like the Christians at the moment trouble comes, you run away, you run toward God. Say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to serve you anyhow. I'm going to pray anyhow. I'm going to worship anyhow. I'm going to church anyhow. I'm going to forgive anyhow. I'm going to love anyhow. I'm going to pray anyway and anyhow. Because sometimes that's all you got left. 
It's just that little faith. There was one woman in the Bible, she said, I, I ain't got nothing but a pot of oil. But baby, that's all you need. You ain't got nothing but a little anointing. But that little anointing can carry you through. I, I, I love organs and drums and Leslie's and preachers and all that stuff. But listen, I don't need all that to get a prayer through. Just me and my God. I can be in my pajamas, but I, I know how to call out to God. I, I know how to scream to the heavenlies. I, I sometimes I prayed and cried and cried and prayed. I, I know what it's like, but pray anyhow. I told you the story several times about how being in the emergency room and finding out about our second uh, miscarriage within a matter of six months and the spirit of God trying to get me to praise and I just didn't feel like praising, but eventually I praised anyhow. Because what I found out, there's something on the inside of you that is not affected the way things on the outside of you are. My spirit does not have weak expectation. My spirit can still be strong even when my mind is weak. So when I say pray anyway, I'm not saying pray from your head. I'm saying pray from the deep recesses of your soul and pull out a prayer. And sometimes those prayers don't have a whole lot of words. Sometimes it's fix it, Jesus. Work it out, Jesus. I plead the blood, Jesus. God, I lift you up anyhow. God, I love you anyhow. God, I worship you anyhow. God, rescue me. God, deliver me. God, make it happen. God, make me over. God, forgive me. Whatever it is, earnestly pray. Whatever is worth doing, it's worth doing with all your passion. With all your might, all these lazy Christians that want to do everything halfway, half done. I don't do anything halfway. And I don't even sin halfway. When I sin, I sin. And when I'm right, I'm right. I'm, I'm not halfway. I'm not lukewarm. I'm not wishy-washy. I'm, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Let, 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 me, let me just give you a quick real world example that doesn't mean anything, but I do it anyhow. Uh, would you put that, uh, no matter what you've experienced, put that back up. This is for everybody to, to see. The people at home would see this even better. But there's white letters, and the white letters are traced in blue because the background is blue. And the lights are blue. It's because my suit is blue. Y'all may not know it, but every week I make sure everything ties together because I don't do nothing halfway. You, you, can take it off, you can take it off the screen. What, is that going to get people saved? No, that ain't got nothing to do with nobody's salvation. It's just something about me. I, I give attention to detail. If I'm going to do that in life, in things that don't make any sense, then what about when it comes to God? I'm going to give some attention to detail. And sometimes my prayers lately have been silent prayers where I allow God to talk to me. But I'm not giving up on God because I'm earnestly in this thing. When God rescued me in a dorm room, and I've told you my story and I won't tell it again, but I always say that I stood up and I said, God, I'll serve you to the day I die. And I mean that day. To the day I die, till they tag my T-O-E, my toe, I'm serving God. 
Don't mean I'm going to get everything right. But but as 50 Cent said, get rich or die trying. I'm going to serve God or die trying. I, I'm going after God. And how? Earnestly. With passion. All right, let, let, let me give you a, a few more points. And, and th- these are not my words. I borrowed these words uh, from the Internet. I, 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 I forgot the source. But it says this. The word earnestly here is a compound word in Greek. It has two parts. The first part meaning out and the second part meaning stretched. It's the idea behind our English word for tension. Let, 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 let me say something. When you are under pressure and stress and tension and you're stretched and you're pulled and you still go after God anyway, that's what it means to be earnest. Now, it's easy to serve God when everything is lovely and everything is peachy. And you know where all your bills are going to be paid in. And, and your spouse is just perfect. You just, just when you walk in the door, she just glistens and lights up. And, and you glow like neon green and everything's going well. It's easy to love God like that. But when you're on the backside of the desert at the bottom of the barrel, can you still serve God then? When you're under tension and stretch and and you don't understand your emotions and you're this way and that way you're up one day down the next and you're pulled to and fro can you still love God like that that's when you know you're doing it earnestly now some people want a whole bunch of credit for serving God earnestly but all I'm going to do now folk on TV won't won't see this all I'm going to do is turn around and point to the cross ain't none of y'all done gave as much as Jesus gave for you well, they keep asking for money at the church. Do you know every non-popper asks for money? Go to United Way, they want your money. They go, go to the Children's Museum, they want your money. Go to YMCA, they want your money. The reason why I'm saying that because I'm on boards and there are capital campaigns in all those places. They all are in fundraising campaigns. But y'all only get mad, not y'all, but folk only get mad when they ask for money at church. Your kids at school come home with some fundraising thing. Every five minutes. Get this. Get this. Buy these candles. Do this. Listen. Everywhere you go, somebody want money. But folk get mad when they want money in church. But God is the only one that died for your soul. So if it's worth doing, do it. And do it earnestly. All right. Let's go, let's go to the next point I have up. It's translated in 1 Peter 1.22 as deeply or fervently. And it's used in Luke 22.44 where Jesus prays in anguish and more earnestly in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he knew he was going to die and he was going to be crucified and he was in the garden, he prayed so earnest that his sweat uh, drops became like blood because he prayed earnestly. Let's look at the next one. The image given is of focus and passionate prayer, coming to God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and saying, God, I mean business. I want what I'm asking of you. I'm not just going through the motions. Here's the thing I I need to remind you. When God didn't answer your last prayer, it's easy to go through the motions with your next prayer. Because, shoot, he don't hear me anyhow. But let me tell you something. You can't afford to go through the motions. 
If you have to, just tell God, listen, I don't understand what you're doing, but I'm praying anyhow. We need prayer warriors. We need intercessors. You, the, the church, listen, the church can't afford to be depressed. I'm not saying individual people won't have depression, but I'm talking about as a whole, the church, the kingdom can't afford to be depressed because this world is a mess. The church has to be the church. If the hospital is worse than everybody out there, nobody will run to the hospital. We got to find a way to rise up. Now, I mean, individual people will go through, but that's why you have to have a body of believers. That way, when I'm down, hopefully you're up. And when you're down, hopefully I'm up. If we all down, that's a problem. The blind can't lead the blind. Somebody got to get a prayer through. Somebody got to intercede for me when I'm hurting. And I got to intercede for you when you're hurting. And together, we got to intercede for the world because we are needed in these last and evil days. All right, let's let's continue to read. Let's look at Acts 12 and 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Not only did he have the 16 soldiers, the two that were right next to him, he was in chains and then outside of that, there were other guards guarding. So they had him under lock and key. Let's look at verse 7. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. Not tomorrow, not a week from now, not in 2024, but suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and awoke him up and said, quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrist. I'm not going to bring a whole lot of point to this, but it's interesting to me that the angel said, get up quick. Now, if you're the angel, you could just make it happen. But it's something about the way the supernatural partners with us. And if we're going to be slow and lazy and not earnest, then the angel is saying, listen, I'll work, but you're going to have to do something too. Get up and get up quick. There's 16 soldiers. I done blinded everybody, but don't be farting around. That's what my mama used to say when we was going to school. Don't be farting around. Get on out the door. Peter, I'm trying to do so. I'm trying to bring you a miracle, but don't be slowing around. Get up quick and move. It's something that God wants with us to have some gumption about ourselves. We'll, we'll come back to that e even later. Let's, let's look at verse 8. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. Why didn't the angel put on his clothes and sandals? The angel said, no, put your clothes on. Put your sandals on. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Now, couldn't the angel protect him if he was cold? No, no, wrap your cloak around you. Now, I'm going to throw this in just for Draylon. He ain't going to like this, but I'm going to throw this in just for him. He's so handsome and debonair. But he's so handsome and debonair, he think he don't need a coat when weather gets cold. Because, you know, a coat blocks your outfit. But he starts to grab a coat because he say, you go, Daddy, you're going to yell at me if I don't put, bring a coat. So I brought a coat. 
Not because it's cold, because I don't want to get yelled at. But listen, I'm like the supernatural person in the house, and I'm saying, I'm not going to get the coat for you. Grab your coat, because it's cold outside. So here the angel told Peter, listen, wrap the cloak around you. Could he have shielded and protected him? Sure. But God always wants us to do something. All right, let's, and then he said, and follow me, the angel told him. Let's look at verse 9. Peter followed him out of the prison, but listen to this. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. Peter thought he was dreaming. Or let me, let me say it to you this way, Brother Donald. Peter didn't expect this. He was locked up. He was covered up. He was guarded up. And God did something that he didn't expect such in such a way that Peter didn't know, is this real or am I dreaming? Let's look at the next verse, verse 10. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left them. Why did the angel take him all the way? The angel got him out of the trouble, but once again, there was an expectation you need to do some stuff on your own. Let's put this point up. Even in supernatural events, God doesn't plan to do everything for us. He expects us to do some things too. When God blesses you with a bunch of money, he don't tell you how to spend it. He'd expect you to have done the research yourself. If you know you in $50,000 in debt and God give you, put the camera on me, my friend. You mad, you mad at me because I talked about you in the coat? We got we to work this out. <laughs> I didn't forgot what I was talking about now. <laughs> yeah, I'll say thank you. If God, if, if God gave you $50,000 and you had $50,000 of debt, and you go buy a $50,000 car, you can't blame God. He gave you the money. You have to do, you have to have some wisdom for yourself. Even when God does supernatural things, you have to add something to it. That's why your earnesty is important. Because even when you're hurting, you need to be researching and learning. Even when you're broke, you got to be researching what it's like to have wealth. Just in case God bless you, you know what to do. I, I only had a few raggedy suits, and I wore the mess out of them few raggedy suits. But I would go to places and try better ones on just in case I got the money. And when I did, I knew just what to get. I knew what fit, what worked. I knew what the best place because I had already researched it just in case. What we're looking at now, uh, Br Brother Drayden, I'm, I'm going to do some extra, have you do a little extra work. Give me every single shot. Give me the left shot. So here's the left shot. Look how beautiful that left shot looks. All right, give me the right shot. The right is the full body shot. We call that the full body shot. If you Sometimes you can even see my, my, my feet. Then we have the main, the main shot. Give me the main. The main will follow me while I'm walking around. It'll, it'll, it'll move. Guess what? In the pandemic, I was sitting in my bed. Writing down, if we got the money to upgrade our life, this is what I want. 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 That was on Tuesday. I come to church on Wednesday, and on Wednesday, 
God told me to go in my office. I heard him at the, 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 the uh, nobody was here at the time because we were doing just live only. Nobody in the building. So Bible said he had ended. I prayed. And then I was getting ready to walk that way. God told me to go in the office. When I went in the office, God told me to pray. And so I, I didn't know what I was supposed to be praying. So I just prayed. But when I started praying, something took over me. And I pointed in my office up there and I said, God, God, bring something down. Then all of a sudden, it began to pour rain. And I could hear it hitting the top of the metal building. Then I came in here from this place right here and I finished out the prayer. Then I was like, wow, I didn't know what that was. It just, it just hit me, but I fold in the moment. And then I picked up my phone. Because I was getting ready to leave again, I realized I didn't have my phone. My phone was back there in the office where I was. When I got the phone, there was a text that said they are, they are giving grants out for technology for churches. You should apply. The grant was up to $5,000. We got all $5,000 and was able to do all of this. But guess what? It wasn't just that God had brought the money. I had already done the research and knew exactly what I needed. I knew how to fit everything in. I had already written it down and didn't have a dime to get it. But God did it supernaturally. And I was ready because I was already prepared. Stay earnest even when your expectation is low. Because you never know when God's going to turn it around. You never know when that man is coming. Get your eyelashes done anyhow. Get your nails done anyhow. Come on, man, buy some cologne anyhow. Because you never know when God going to turn it around. Let, let, let me get more practical. Work on your resume anyhow. Get a cover letter anyhow. And guess what? It would be nice if you have a resume to have stuff spelled right in the resume. While you don't have a job, you can take time and make sure your resume at least has the right words in it. Your name is misspelled. Why would I hire you? That's enough of that. I don't want to go too long. Look, come on, let's, keep, let's keep going. Acts 12 and 11. So the point is sometimes we got to do something ourselves. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Next verse. Verse 12, when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Remember, they were praying earnestly, and they had gathered to pray. Let's look at verse 13. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. Verse 14, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. She forgot to open the door for Peter, got so excited. Why did she get so excited? Because she didn't expect it. Yes, they were praying for it, but they really didn't expect it because the experience of losing James. But then the answer showed up at the door. She got so excited, she went and told. Let's look at what the other people did. Verse 15. They said, you're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. They were praying for Peter to be released, but when he got released, they didn't even believe it because they didn't expect it. 
Let's look at verse 16. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. So when they opened the door, they didn't even expect it to be him at the door, even though that's what they were praying for. Their earnesty overrode even their expectation and their past experience. Let me put this up. Even if we are in a season where we don't know how to believe for it, the answer is going to keep knocking until we see it. I'm, I'm here to let you know, Deliverance Temple, you may be in a season that you don't know how God going to do it. You don't know if God going to do it. But God's so good that he going to keep knocking till we see it. That's why the scripture says that blessings will come on you and overtake you. And I know you've had some bad experiences and some negative experiences. And I know you've had some prayers that didn't come through the way you wanted to come through. But I'm here to let you know that God going to keep coming till you see everything that he promised you. Everything that he said, he going to keep coming till you're walking in it. As long as you stay earnest, even when you can't expect. Let, let, let's read a, a little more. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and describe how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Let, let me just throw this piece of wisdom. Just because God brought him out of prison didn't mean people weren't still looking for them. So Peter said, shh, shh you know, listen, I, I'm here. It's me. But we're going we gonna to keep it quiet because there, there, there's some stuff that doesn't need to be known everywhere. Let, let me tell you about some of your blessings. Keep quiet about some of your stuff. Everything don't belong on Facebook. Everything don't belong to Mama Damn, Pookie, and Ray Ray and them. Keep some of that stuff to yourself. Because people who are not with you will act like they're with you once they find out where you're going. So sometimes you got to keep, keep, keep it quiet. Yeah, yeah God did it, but, but keep it quiet. Maybe your next house, wait, wait till you've closed before you post it on Facebook. Nobody know you was even going through it and to show it once it's there. Just learn how to keep some stuff quiet. Look, your next man, don't tell everybody about him. Date him in secret. Date him in quiet. I even give you permission. Don't bring him to church right away. Let him watch online. Don't tell everybody yet. There's wisdom in keeping some stuff private. Now, can't nobody do it like Lady Devin. She walked across the stage and got a degree, and then hardly nobody knew she was even in school. Sometimes privacy is a good practice. All right, that's just a side note. I told y'all, I'm, I'm taking up the spirit of rabbit trails. I done told y'all that, so, so just, just be aware. Here, here, here's the point. Here's, here's the major point that I want to leave with us as we're clo closing. They didn't expect it, but they still experienced it because they earnestly prayed anyway. Their previous experience, losing James the way they lost James so tragically, left them low in their expectation for Peter to be rescued. But they earnestly prayed anyway, and God caused them to experience something they didn't even expect. All right, let's, let's, let's go to verse 21. Let, let's continue to, to, to see how this plays out. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne. We're dropping 
uh, a couple verses down, about five verses down to 21. On the appointed day, Herod, wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. Look at verses 22 through 23. They shouted, this is the voice of a God, not of a man. Immediately, because Herod did not pray, give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. This is, this is quite interesting. I, I, I don't even have this in my notes. But it's quite interesting that when Herod cut off the head of James, God didn't strike him down. God allow, allowed him. So th there are some things that God allowed because it works in his bigger picture. But Herod later on began to take the credit that belonged to God, and God struck him down. And let me add this point. If you hold on earnestly, they'll bring, they'll bring it up for me. If you hold on earnestly, the enemy that's been messing with your expectation will experience the wrath of your God. Let, let, let me say that one more time. Let me, let me slow down. If you hold on earnestly, the enemy that's messing with your expectation will experience the wrath of your God. The reason why your expectation is low is because of all the hell you've been through through the devil that's been on your tail and all the stuff you've gone through, the grief, the trouble, the trial, the divorce, the depression, the anxiety, the, the George Floyd, the race. Everything that you face is because of the enemy. But if you hold on, that see, your experience may be a little low, but your enemy about to experience something. He about to experience a blow from God that's going to knock him right on his tail. All I need you to do is hold on, but how earnestly. And here is the major key why, and this is where we'll close from, the last and final verse, Acts 12, 24. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. At the end of the day, God's bigger picture was to get the word of God out so it would be strong. That's even the reason why he allowed the church to be persecuted, so that they would scatter abroad. But when they scattered abroad, they took the word of God. I, I, I will, will not say it was God's will for my father to go, but I will say that my father placed the word in me. So that even if he did go, I don't have to go down. I can cause the ministry to flourish because I got the word of God. I still have his mantle. I still have his anointing. I still have the word of God. And deliverance stuff, I'm here to let you know, yes, we may have some low expectation based on our experience, but the word of God is going to flourish from this place. This church is literally built on the word of God pages of the Bible are in the foundation of this church and the word of God will flourish not just in this city but it'll go into the airways and it'll reach people it'll touch people yeah devil you mess with us but the word of God will go forth like the old ruffle commercial I guarantee it the word of God will not stop oh heaven and earth may fail but the word of God will not fail we got his word 
And Satan, I serve you notice. I'm not even preaching to y'all anymore. Satan, I serve you notice. Everything you've tried to do or trying to do, it won't work because the word of God will go forth from this place and from us. The Bible says we are living epistles read of all men. It won't just happen in here, but when we walk out of here, we're walking Bibles. We're walking words of God. We will not fail. We will not fall. We will rise because God is on our side. I want you to rise to your feet. This last thing, we will say it together. I didn't expect it, but God did it anyway. I didn't expect it, but God did it anyway. One final time, I didn't expect it, but God did it anyway. If your expectation is low, I want you to know, don't worry. God can still do it anyway. Amen. God can still turn it around. Come on, let's put our hands together. We're going we're gonna to go to our prayer slide, and let's just bow our heads and pray. Those of you online, you can even bow your heads as well. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for being on our side, God. God, at the end of the day, to be honest, you've been good to us. Even when the things that we don't like and even the things that we've gone through that we felt were rough and hard, you still have been good to us. And you deserve an earnest seeking you, God. And so we're still going to earnestly seek you. And God, we know that you can do it anyway, anyhow. And so, God, we're just willing to go and ride the ride and let you do it your way. Because at the end of the day, you are the one that get all the glory out of our life. God, if there's anybody here as well as on the airwaves that does not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would just say these precious words. Father God. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Do what I can't even expect. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We love you. You are dismissed.